UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. If you want to come out. Oh, here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have a fascinating guest with me. This is, I think, the third or fourth time he's been on my show. Someone I really look up to, um, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. I know you guys like him a lot too. Um, author and researcher Dr. Richard Allen Miller reveals a depth of knowledge and expertise in multiple subjects, including agriculture, physics, metaphysics. Dr. Miller began working with the secret world of Navy Intel in the late 60s. He trained the SEALs, and now he has amazing experience and conclusions to share. Before leading cutting-edge cutting comms as trendy topics, Miller was and is the international front lines on research, experimentation, and documentation. And he's what—he's like the real-life X-Files, if you guys didn't know. He really is. And uh, you can find his books at, at drrichardallenmiller.com. Now, I have his book. This is a signed copy, which I'm proud to say, of The, the Non-Local Mind in a Holographic Universe. It's an amazing book. Really, it's something everybody should read. I really, truly, honestly think you guys should go to his website and get it. I'm not just saying that. I, I don't get paid for saying this. Like, it's it's really something. There's the, the topics in there you all need to know. But uh, I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show back. Dr. Richard, or Dr. Ram, how you doing? I'm going bullet well. No, not anymore. My girlfriend snipped my ponytail of 50 years off. Made a voodoo doll out of it. <laughs> What, what, I, I don't even have dental because everything's broken. They want to pull my teeth, and I'm not going to have them do that. And so I just, well, I don't know, like Monty Python, come back, I can still bite. <laughs> well, everything's broken. Medical, you know, my I chose my doctor. I'm an anesthesiologist. That's one of my doctorates, Harvard Medical. And my tenure is as a physicist in anesthesiology and I remember <laughs> one size does not fit all we're not all the same what's healthy for you is not necessarily healthy for me you could start with blood types you know different kinds of medicine everybody's different and homeostasis for you is different than me and today everybody's obese or you're trying to not get fat because of the diets and the kinds of food we're eating Nothing talking anymore. Well, what is the what what, what is the, I mean? There's I, I never thought about talking to you about this, but like it's something that really interests me. Like, what is the correct diet? Because you have so many diets nowadays. You have keto. Yeah, yeah. If you want to lose weight, the way I do it is count calories. And if you do 1,200 calories a day, you will lose weight, and it'll it'll come down like an asymptotic curve right into where you're supposed to be for your body weight. And mine, at my age, 79, is probably around 190, 189. I used to wrestle in high school at 178. And so everybody's a little different. And, you know, someone uh, like my girlfriend is, uh, she's built like a unicorn. I mean, she's, I, I'm, we're talking about big hips and muscle legs that I wouldn't even want to box against. And yet, she's thin and beautiful. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different style of body. From I was blessed with a, kind of a, in between this and that, I'm not real tall, I'm six foot. And that means I could wrestle, I could race, I could, I could run really fast. That was what I was at. And I played tennis was my primary in college. Um, but I had, in high school, I lettered in four sports. I went to state in two of them, 
And I'm a nerd. I'm not an athlete. <laughs> I even broke a world record on one of them and didn't even place on low hurdles. 180 lows. I ran a 10 flat 100 over hurdles. But the guy that I was racing against set the world record at 9.8. Charlie Green is from. That's interesting. Uh, one thing I wanted to start off by talking to you about, I don't know if you saw this in the news lately, but it's a big topic. It's a hot topic. Everybody's talking about it. The UFO, the supposed UFO shoot downs. Now, keep in mind, we, we haven't been able to shoot down a UFO in years. Like, But now, supposedly, the government's shooting down UFOs. Have you saw this? And what do you think about it? Well, where's the debris? Where's the beef? If you shut something down, there's going to be there's going to be evidence, correct? Yeah. Well, then where's that? It's, I mean, you're exactly right. Like, I think it was like Richard Dolan, who's Richard Dolan, who said that. He said that if, if they, you're going to shoot something down, it won't be a UFO unless they want you to do that. It's like shooting down God. You're not capable of even grasping what it is, much less being able to identify how you're going to shoot it down. In 1948, when Admiral Byrd went to Antarctica, I mean, they had Foo Fighters coming out at them. These are little remote aircraft that uh, either were like uh, what we have today, or, or they had midget aliens that were real small. I don't know. Foo Fighters. Now, by the way, I've been to Antarctica, and uh, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. There's the Fermi paradox. Are you familiar with that? Have you ever heard of that? It's it's the, there's a, the life exists everywhere, right? No, Fermi paradox says if there are aliens, we've searched and we don't find them anywhere. No evidence of aliens anywhere. What happened? Well, there's several theories. You know, one we're extremely unique. Two. Uh, we don't have a clue what we're looking at because how many ants are on your property and who's terraforming it more? I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't believed it. We're, we think like a human being and there are mammals on the planet that have higher technologies. Arca has access to nine-tenths of the biosphere and yet man can only go to one-tenth of it even with all our technology. So, I mean, we, we're missing something here. And when you look at Mars... And the asteroid belt, you have to wonder, well, what that about? Where, where did that happen? Did you know, like, that Mars actually has more water than Earth does for a smaller planet? And you don't see it. It looks like a desert, but it's all underground. And when, when you realize that even in our biblical forms, they're talking about Adam's rib, sounds to me like cloning on a male and female, presuming there are sexes. Um, the alien that I encountered was feminine at Groom Lake I, at level eight. I had a single close encounter with the government, for the government, um, and I have no solid memory of actually what happened. It's like it's been blocked. And yet certain doors are opening, as I do shows like this, that are little one-liners that lead toward the fact that we're probably in a petri dish and that homo sapien and homo gmo are extinct species so who cares what we do we'll just use them in a matrix to mine our gold for food uh nation serious do you, do you think i don't know I, I can tell you that i feel i said this to you earlier like i'm david copperfield i i have this empty ball and I'm starving for something more real than the physical plane. This can't be all there is. There's something else going on here. And there are lucid dream states, like lucid dreaming, that have more content to reality. I have personally created a wormhole uh, for the government and took a group of scientists to Mars. And it was real. And like astral projection is real. Like remote viewing is real. Like shove it that Paul Twitchell and other people talk about. There is more things going on here and consciousness is not the bottom line. It's it just this is a dream state. <laughs> Why do you think you sleep at night and dream? And the different kinds of dreams and how they're they have something important happening in them. 
What's that about? Huh. Well, just about the time people like me start to figure out, wait a minute, this isn't real. What's going on here? That's when they have a Carrington-like event and they recycle the Petri dish. And I personally want something more. I, that's one of the reasons in 76, 77, I actually went to India, <laughs> just like the seekers do. I was trying to find a true master. I found one. They all work. All roads lead to Rome. The stress of all the different masters in history have stressed the importance of training the mind, using it as a tool, not an absolute. Why is that? Well, logic, when you think about it and you've got ordnance whizzing around around you, you think about what you're going to do, you create the possibility of getting shot. And then you can count on it. That's Merlin, when he told Arthur in a book by THY, he said, anything not specifically forbidden is mandatory. If it's possible, you can count on it. And that's a good lesson to carry when you're a physicist. Because I'm watching all these different theories popping up. And nothing, even my holographic universe didn't last very long. Oh, 50 years. Now we're realizing it's limited and we're starting to talk about the multiverse. And it'll go on and on like that. Quantum mechanics. What's wrong with quantum mechanics and quantum consciousness and all these buzzwords that they use? Well, when you take an analog system like sound and you digitize it, what happens next is that you lose information. And the more you know about one thing, the less you know about something else. And that was what Heisenberg called his uncertainty principle, going from analog to digital. And when you talk about elementary particles, that's digitizing again into unique things like a meson. Now, I realize that with that concept, it means you can't get there from here. Really? What does that mean? It means that something else is going on, is what it means. And that, the best way I can figure it is, we've been be here before, you know, different uh, epochs, like the Vermana. It looks like what the Germans were trying to do with their bell curve, you know, their bell space. Yeah. And, and it seems like we get to a certain level of awareness, and then all of a sudden, at the end of days, <laughs> and here we are again. You know, this time it will be about food. You know, California and the Mexican cartel, and California drying into a desert, and uh, the Earth's core stops spinning, and magnetic fields are starting to reverse, and, 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 and. And then you realize maybe time isn't actually real. Maybe it's a duration of conscience. Oh, that's Robert Orange. No, that's St. Augustine that said that. It's a duration of consciousness. Time is different, predicated on how you're breathing, what's going on. It's the way you remember events and things of importance, which are points within. And I've found that that has something to do with geometry and why I wrote a book called the Dodecahedral, uh, it's a paper, almost book laying, uh, a Dodecahedral Universe. And I'm going to come out with the first part of that at the end of this month called the Diamond Body. And that's when I took the Manager Foundation and moved it from Topeka, Kansas back in 1968. 70, 1960, right in between 69 and 70, I moved it to the University of Washington and started using video feedback. I have pictures of me with this big bukla, uh, emu. It was an emu, a signal generator. And I started using light as well as sound for feedback systems. And that's when we discovered in 1974, cymatics. Gary Robert Buchanan was doing his doctorate uh, at the UW, on he was, uh, in, he was in uh, music, and he became an orchestra conductor, and later opened up Steamboat Springs Healing Center down on uh, Reno, Nevada, and um, 
uh, uh, Steamboat Springs, Nevada. He's dead now, but he was a grad student working under May, and that's when we discovered cymatics in 1974. That will be the diamond body. Then, that's called the dodecahedral universe. Buckminster Fuller, the ways carbon bonds to itself on C60 and C120. Then, in 79, I bypassed the use of drugs, went straight to electric currents on the forehead, and were able to give you the same highs that you would get taking dimethyltryptamine, ketamine, or acid, LSD, lysergic acid amide, were released. I didn't need the drug to freak the body out with your immune system, which, by the way, is what your Neanderthal is, the GMO person, because we're going to both be extinct in the future, and imagine what the leadership is going to be like there if it's like it is here. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I can imagine we're going to go downhill in a handbasket. And then in 19, that was 79, electromagic. 1983, when I left the military, the last thing I did is I created a wormhole using resonant cavity oscillators and the diamond body and the work I did releasing neurotransmitters and I took a group of scientists to Mars, and we mapped it out, and no, now, pretty much, that's where we came from, and then when something happened, and I have no idea what it was that led to the asteroid belt and Mars being barren on top, we were brought here to Earth to finish evolution or do something. I have no idea what this is about. I can only guess, and again, it's like trying to guess what God is. It's not possible because of our limitation in conceptualizing things. So here I am, <laughs> you know, uh, trying to eke out enough of a lifestyle at 79 that I can survive. And I'm in a little Peyton place down here with a bunch of criminals and bikers. <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of fun, funny. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of people wake up and when they do those that are meant for survival are going to be able to go to a choose a star of their choice and that evolution can click through evolution rather than be stuck here and remain in the matrix where you become more and more dependent on an AI to the point where they do everything from vacuum under your bed to washing your clothing and you and take you know you just have the leisure life of sitting around well what will happen is you don't sit around you'll probably end up in a mine somewhere taking out gold for a Dyson sphere need in the future because who cares they're extinct anyway as a metaphor now those that escape the star you choose will determine whether you're going to be a tall gray a reticulant or or you know these are not Aliens, these are what you can imagine aliens are based on your limited area of perception, just like everything else, which means they're not any more real than your imagination is. Oh, wait. Imagination is reality. <laughs> because anything you could imagine, you can make it happen. How does someone rip a car door off to save their child in a flaming automobile? The adrenaline didn't make her body stronger than steel. How she do that? That's what my new field theory will try to address. Those kinds of issues where paranormal is normal because basically when you're high, and when I say high, I mean in an altered state to be more precise because the one I discovered, the altered state I discovered through hypnosis my ability, if I go to that place, my ability and in guessing increases 400 times. Why? I'm thinking with the gut. I'm working with instinct, not logic. Logic, this brain here, try to use it in the physical world, it's going to get you killed. You try to use it in another world, now you have a tool to become what you imagine is God. With the strength of 10, with the memory, with the ability to 
know what's going to happen in the future. Each one of these different altered states, each one does something different and creates a different universe of laws of physics. And so when you're high, you're able to do things you can't do in conscious state. At the same time, because you have no idea what you're doing, you're danger to yourself. That's so Why? interesting. Meditation, yeah, you know, right. the mind, use it as a tool. Is the earth flat around? The metaphor I use is, well, if you look at it as flat, then you have these doors open. If you look at it as round, now you have all these other doors. Or you use the mind as a tool and you have access to all of them. And that's when you start to move to the next level of evolution in man's consciousness. It's not about taking mushrooms and increasing placebo. That's your belief system that's doing that. That's so interesting. Now, now uh, back to this uh, choosing the star. I, I, the, the star we choose will be our reality. When do you think you're going to be a gray, or you're going to be a reticulin, or a nephilim, or, you know, or you're a star chaser, and you get to be all of them, if you'd like. How do we, uh, how do we evolve to that point, though? Like, like what, what do we have to do, or what do you think will happen that we'll get to that point? I have no idea. If I did, I'd be not here. <laughs> uh, what I've done that have led me here where I am at this moment, 20 years ahead of most people, is I started diary entries where I started internal dialogue with myself. So I had self-realization, tip with, union with self. I knew how I feel at any given moment about something. I can look at it and I know it. But that can change every minute too. And besides that, I started to realize that I had to train my mind besides talk to learn how to talk to my mind. I had to train it. And so in 1977, I became a satsangi, and I started meditating and going home for a brief moment. They call it Simran and Bhajan. The one you're most familiar with, no ho ringi keo, no ho ringi keo, no ho ringi keo. You, you do a chant of some kind. The one I have is different than that one, but I won't give that to you because if I did, then I have to be responsible for your initiation, and that's only reserved for fifth plane mystics, and I'm not going to go there. So it's now the one I use tires your mind, and then what you do that's called Simran. The second thing you do then is you stop and you listen with the right ear, the Shabbat, the sound current. And what happens next is you leave your body. But it's not astral projection and it's not remote viewing. It's called Satmat, Path of the Masters. And it's following the lost cord, which, by the way, is most likely the Earth's nervous system, mushrooms or psyllium, mycelium, in the mycorrhizae, like that's their gut, Earth's gut. The sun is also alive. And there's a third protective shield. You know, we have the Van Allen belt, we have the heliosphere, and around the solar system is the Oort cloud. There's something more going on that we haven't gotten there yet, and may never, because Simon says you can go halfway to the door. It's a process that in itself is limited, like physics, because all physics starts with an assumed truth. The shortest distance part, then the Earth's round. If space is curved, I can prove it's flat. Which one is it? And what that's going to do is change our definition from astronomy, astrology to astronomy. And the next one is going to be called cosmobiology and how the celestial, the geometric alignment of celestial objects affect the DNA. And that's what I'm doing now with the multiverse, with a couple of biologists from Russia. Um, in your book, you write about a couple things I wanted to go over. Was one the one was Timothy Leary's Eight Worlds of Consciousness? Can you get into that? Yeah, uh, I <laughs> I encountered Timothy Leary when I was twenty years old. I was at Pullman. Never drank alcohol. 
my parents were alcoholics, so I never went there. I didn't get high. We didn't even know about pot by then yet. It was 64. And Harvard contacted my mother uh, because of my high IQ. There was a study at Harvard where they took 10 children and gave them LSD to see if it made them smarter. And uh, I'm one of these experiments. <laughs> I was 64, uh, 1964, I was 20 years old, had no idea what I was doing, and Leary had me up there at Deception Pass at the north end of Washington State, looking at Hurricane Ridge, <clears throat> straight down 2,000 feet into Pizza Town, it's really creepy, and the water was boiling back colors, and Leary leaned over and he said, uh, wouldn't it be neat to jump? And I discovered how vast inner space was with all the doors slamming. He said, oh, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to go there. You know, and what happened next, that moment was when I decided my field of study was not going to become an astronaut, which is what I wanted to do, but I discovered inner space, solid state physics, and uh, elementary particles. I had already written the new Maison field theory with Yakawa when I was still in high school. I was one of those whiz kid things that they used NASA and others when I because I did math and I was like gifted <laughs> and Captain Crunch, Michael James reconnaissance oh, we were all mad. Uh, I don't know how to explain how I know math, but I can tell you geometry, not math, geometry is more fundamental than anything. It's in everything. And you see patterns that resonate. And that's what led me to discover Yogatronics, where I created my own wormhole by meditating sacred geometry and setting up meditation. And what happens next is you got a wormhole to go through. Where do you want to go? When do you want to go? Where, where do you want to go and when do you want to go? You can, it's like a time machine and you have access. And that Maybe one of the keys on how to get out of here off this petri dish. When you get to that level of development, now there's. A, I think they made us better than we are, and like I've in my magic work with a K, I have discovered entities, the demons. A demon is a lesser dimension entity. It's like my shadow. It's related to me, and everything I do, the shadow has an equivalent relationship, but it's in reference to something like the sun. And I got a piece of geometry where I can take a bunch of straight lines, and by shining light through it, create a lesser dimension reflection on a piece of paper of circles. And that's the first concept you need mathematically to understand what strings are about and how you go from one dimension to another. Man is limited to four at this moment of ten. And then in string theory, there's an eleventh worm uh, a string that is like a wormhole that interconnects the other ten. And that, what I'm doing now, is tying knots so the wormhole is different for different things that I do. And it's as a metaphor, mathematically. And once we get that knot theory, that is the universe, universes, plural, of all the different alternate yous that chose to do something different this morning and how they created the different worlds differently. And that part is very exciting because that's in line with any biblical teachings that you find about being God's favored because of choice. How many choices did you make today that would have been different in terms of the way the show might have gone and how many people it affected? Changing the universe. See, that, those universes, they lie in what is called the proton cloud. The space between when a proton is a particle and when it becomes a wave. Which one is it? Which one is it? Flat or round? Yes.
<laughs> it's all the above. It's it's what you it's what exactly. Merlin, anything not specifically forbidden is mandatory. If it's possible, you can count on it. So that balloon was it an alien? I don't think so. I think it's just a new way of monitoring weather and or EMP strikes and or who knows. In fact, we probably may never know. We may never know who it came from, whether it's China or America or Canada. <laughs> you know, I'm. What we do know is that you probably will never know. Yeah. Means. Well, you know, someone told me that that balloon had, I mean, you know, what was so interesting was someone said that, I don't know if this is verifiable, but someone said that that balloon had English writing on it, which is like, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's verified. I mean, who could, who could verify that? Well, you know, there's so much speculation. Give a break. There's so much disinformation. Why contribute to it? Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to know the. Well, I want to know the facts. That what you want is to get something clear and stay focused on it, not distracted. Children, look over here, quick! Oh, children, over there! And what's happening is you're being distracted in terms of staying focused on what's important for you, which might be quite different than me. But the media. <laughs> Okay, so I have a way to clean that. Brain drivers. Have you heard of those? Brain drivers? No, what is that? Robert Monroe, when he discovered astral projection at Berkeley, he also discovered frequency following function or brain entrainment. That means if you put 40 cycle in this air and 40 cycle in that air, 48 cycle in that air, you drove the brain down into eight cycle. Immediately put you to sleep, put you in dream states. You could go places you can't just automatically go because you have to go from alpha down to theta and then down to delta. I've got pictures of May in the old days when I got down to deep sleep. The delta state could still awake. When you ask me a question, could twitch a muscle for yes or no? I learned how to do that using biofeedback. And that's when I said, can we use this for other things? That's what the diamond body is about. That work I did. It's going to open up doors for everybody. And the brain driver, now the CIA just <laughs> released some top secret papers on the Gateway Project suggesting that brain drivers will cure one of two forms of dementia. The one in the Wernicke's area of the brain, not the Broca's area, but the Wernicke's area of the brain. And guess what? That's exactly where my wormhole work came from. Basically, when you ask a question like, um, who's more important, my mom or my sister? Which one's more important? And sometimes you don't know, okay? One course I took with Scientology back in 1990 <laughs> used the brain drivers to help you discern your order of importance and magnitude because it's not really clear and your programming that has gone on from TV and hey kids what time is it you know to Mickey Mouse it's Mickey Mouse time or it's howdy doody time or it's every generation has a different key that will drop you into a place where you're right back where you were when you first got that those are called programming <laughs> And they're doing it to you with the foods you eat on down to just the kinds of sex you want to have because of the porno you watched. And I can say, uh, yeah, it goes like that. Everything is programming you. And what you want to do is take control of that yourself and program yourself the way you want to be. Not, and if you don't like it, I decide I'm not going to wear red today. I'm going to go with green. And you reprogram yourself just like that. That's the course number two using brain drivers. Where if you want fun, this one, your mother's more important than your sister, but I want my wife to be more important than my family. It's a process. And you can reprogram yourself as easily as changing a shirt. And that's what brain drivers will allow you to do with some protocols. And I'm going to upload shortly. 
with the brain driver kit that's now selling like crazy because people want to learn how to do that. And Robert Monroe called it Hemisync. The Scientologist called it Holosync. Um, Kelly, uh, there's a woman in uh, uh, Arizona that's marketing them as um, programming other kinds of things, and she's got her own name for it. They're all different. What I'm going to do is give you some tools, and you select the one that's comfortable for you, whether it's Catholic or Missouri Synod Lutheran, you know, as a metaphor. Everybody, everybody, I go to churches, all of them, seeking fellowship. Basically, I go to a, a church because there are people there that are following belief systems and behavior, moral codes of ethics, that I aspire toward. Ethics are the first code. Morals are the ones you follow. And uh, the way Ducky Mallard put it, an ethical man knows not to cheat on his wife, a moral man won't. And each of us is different in terms of those codes and what's important. You know, trust, robbery, whatever, thievery, no, no, yeah, okay. So everybody's different. And that's what made us God's favorite is that choice. And you're different in different universes. There's a bad Dr. Strange and a good Dr. Strange. And, you know, and Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> Not Malcolm. And I, I think that having access to yourself is critical. That means the first thing you want to do is start keeping a daily diary of how you feel about things. What happened today? What didn't happen? What you were happy with? What you were disappointed in? What will happen? is after a couple of years, a code will develop and where you're talking to yourself. And that's inner dialogue, which is essential to knowing who you are, not what you think I want you to be or what God you think God wants you to be. Who is it that you want to be? I'm bad all by myself. <laughs> yeah. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Uh, but, Everybody's different, and that's what makes the richness of uniqueness. I personally think there are probably about as many different religions as there are human beings. And if you think Christianity is important, Muslims have even more rigorous disciplines than Christianity does. And they have even more aberrant than devil worship, which is a Christian on the following the dark side, Luke. Uh, you know, who knows, okay, Al-Qaeda, etc., taking extremism on a certain kind of a belief, and you have the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There you are, Clint, They're just like in the movies. And choice is what you're supposed to do here, is discover the resonance of what you want to become, what you want to become. And each one of us is different. Wow, man, that's... Heavy. Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember when Tim Leary wrote his Varieties of Psychedelic Experience. It was based on the Bordeaux Thedel, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And in that book, he states, the Buddhists, which is the way I was raised, Shaolin, have four reasons for getting high, he said, but only one of them was for escape and recreation. What are the other three? Well, partly it's the discovery of the other sides of yourself that you have no idea to, like your subconscious, the other not part of I. And, you know, it's so vast more that, you know, it's three quarters of who you are. Well, well, that sounds to me like a multiverse of options. And so I'm going to write a new field theory to try to encompass how you get access to these different universes and how to use them as a tool, not just for escape and recreation, but for something to maybe toward the evolution of your, of your essence, what you want to become. And it's like you don't become it because it's like a process. You never get there. It's a direction toward where you're aiming, like one star in sight. Uh, it's a metaphor. If you 
understand what I'm trying to say there. It's yeah, but I wanted to ask you this: like, if we're if we're in a petri dish, like who who is in charge of this petri dish? Like, who created us? Do you believe that it was like alien, or do you think it was like? Um... I have no idea. I'm not even sure it's a petri dish in that universe. But I can tell you what I do know. In the Bible, they made a distinction between Yahweh and Yadhevahe, and then. There were the veils of Isis, which is a hierarchy, like we have in human standards, you know, hierarchy. Now, is that the way it is? I don't know. Am I going to use it that way? I find it useful as a tool to navigate where I am. The Kabbalah has the Book of Formation, which was one of the Bibles that turned in from gematria into what they call numerology. But, you know, trying to relate words that are unrelatable by using numbers or geometry. And, you know, which base are you using? Base 10? You know, because you have 10 fingers? Or maybe you're an alien and have three of them. You know, or maybe your peace signs are, maybe you're, you know, who knows? That base... Base, base, base is uh, based on you know binary. <laughs> you know when you see it this way, it's that way. Then you have um, and or and not. That was the second what we call object-oriented logic systems, where it's and or and not. That's three. And then you had four. You know, earth, air, fire, and water. Then you had five. <laughs> You know, the law of fives, you know, both two legs, two arms, and a head. And then you had six, you know, the law enforcement guy. And then you had seven, and it goes on and on, numerology. Each one of these have symbolic representations in geometry. And that part is why I'm now suggesting a dodecahedral universe, the diamond body, and the way carbon bonds. And in terms of your original question about life forms, Polly and his, his uh, paradox, where is the beef? Where are all the advanced races? I, no evidence. Yeah, there is no evidence, right? I mean, I mean there's... How's that work? They're good housekeepers. They clean up after themselves. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I know that I have a big question about it. And... Yeah, it's right. so crazy because we we have the evidence of UFOs everywhere and like an alien visitation, but then again, we don't really have hard evidence. Like it's not like they're coming around and saying, "Peaky, peaky blinders." There it is. We're peeking out behind blinders. I think the aliens are talking to us from another dimension. Fifth brain, mediums. That's what a lot of the mediums, like Seth, and some of the other things are are moving toward. There, they're moving in that direction of. Well, fifth plan has got this other thing going on besides just time. But you can't hardly imagine that, can you? And here I am, a little boy scout, <laughs> going into complex things by taking strings, ten of them, tying them into knots. <laughs> Gotta have 13 rounds on that hangman's knot. But, slip knot, whatever. Bowling. <laughs> It's all interesting, and I don't know the end game, other than there's something wrong here. Let's get out of here. I don't know. get bad vibes. No, know. I totally agree. I, I I haven't felt more like I wanted to get out of here like in in a long time. Like you know, I I, I, I just like recently had an issue with my my girlfriend. Like and like that kind of threw me into a loop of like depression. Like and I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't even know what our whole purpose is for being here. It just doesn't even make any sense anymore. Like you know, because it's always like trauma. It's always people change. What's that? I used to do things. I make mistakes like a little kid. What the key thing there is, that's why you journal. You don't want to make the same mistake twice. Yeah. 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 And that's personal growth. But what Kostyaneta called knowledge is illusion. 
It's not real. There's only one place on the tree of life where knowledge becomes wisdom, and that's that missing sephira. They always put it as a little dot on path 13 in the Sea of Karanzan. And the metaphor I'll use to that is a roaring stream, and without hesitation, I'll leap out into it and touch on a rock under the water you didn't say and leap over to the other side. That's death, and it's temporary. You can't balance yourself on it. You have to boom, boom. Temporary. Metaphor. Oh, uh, but before we before we finish up for today, you have a new CD out about prepping. Like, did you want to talk about what might happen? I know we talked a little bit about it before the uh, show, like, and, and your new CD. I think that everybody should begin to try to decentralize some of your more immediate needs like water and food. Food, if you can produce 40% of the food you consume every day, that could be your salad greens like lettuce and carrots, simple, potatoes. You have increased your chances of survival by four and 500% because most people have no idea where their food came from. And 40% of it is coming from California or just south of the border there in Mexico and so on. And with the Mexican cartel controlling that right now, what do you think is going to happen next? Food's going to go up in price, and all of a sudden, it will become your more expensive way of lifestyle rather than lodging. Lodging right now is your most your, your, your most expensive, single expense. Food's going to replace that unless you learn how to grow your own or live off the woods. Everything in the woods is either edible or not edible. How do you determine if something's toxic for you? The way I trained a seal, you take your arm like this, take a finger, and you scratch it just like that. You take the arm you don't know and you hold it on there. One minute. You look at it, and if it starts to fester, it's toxic because of histamine release. And that's the first basic way you can tell if something's edible or not edible. You may not like it. How did Crocodile Dundee put it? Well, yeah, you can live on it, but I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> it's a metaphor for how to survive in a situation where you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You got your own body to talk to you. Histamine release. Now histamines are a good thing and a bad thing, just like allergies. An allergen, and I've got I've got allergies, you can get rid of allergies like you get rid of migraine headaches. They take time in reprogramming the body to respond because everything at some level is a toxin, even sex. I mean, you know, you, too much of it isn't good for you. And so what you do in an allergy is your body's over response to the allergen, like pollen or whatever. And there's usually always a 10 minute window when you're exposed to something and you know, oh my God, I'm going to have itchy eyes and they're going to get all red and itchy and blah, 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 and I'm going to break out. And when it actually happens. And in that 10 minute window, if you were to have immediately laid down, hold on, roll your eyes back up into your head so that you can't really see objects. What you're seeing is imaging, not specific. And try to drop yourself into a low alpha state. You just do that once and you won't have that allergy again. Wow. That's amazing. Train the body on its parasympathetic nervous system on how to reprogram the body from getting rid of an allergy. Rather than doing medications and having to do shots every week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's amazing. Well, I started a snowball. I got I was allergic to pollen, and then I started snowballing and everything else, and then I started overreacting to everything. And what happened next is I was in an oxygen tent, and they said I can get them out of the oxygen tent, but I had to give myself shots every day. 
no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm traumatized by needles. That was the one thing that has stayed with me, like I don't eat beets. Something happened in my childhood. Well, I went to China, had to have six days of plague shots, four years old. It traumatized me. Third day, full-grown men were flat on their backs with yellow fever and black plague shots that they'd gotten. And what I did is I bolted. Swabby chased me with a needle in the air. That's the way I remember it. And when I have to go in and get blood testing, I have to, oh, God, I have to go down in and not let it bother me. And that's when I started to realize the body is supposed to work for me. I'm not supposed to be working for the body. And how to train the mind, the gut, control its body, gut, control those universes. So I can have the strength of 10 when I wanted it, the memory of 20, or intuitive. Because we have all of it. And we've been programmed to disregard it as not real. And some people do, and some people don't, and that's why we're all different, because some people seem to be more sensitive. We're all sensitive. We just ignore the data. And that's what the brain drivers will do, allow you to go in and rewrite what you want to do for yourself. And you experiment it. I decided I wanted my mother to be more important than my sister. Oops, now I want it this way now. And you can switch it back and forth as simply as you want. It takes less than a week. Maybe... Mm, maybe as long as two weeks of just working with a brain driver and reinforcing that relationship change. And what it will also do while it's doing that, will take out other unwanted program that you got from TV or your father or your teacher. You're no good. You'll never be a blah, blah, blah. And you believe that. One of the first things that you want to Never do. Say, I can't do something. Because what you're doing right then is programming yourself to not be able to do something. Oh, I, I can't do that. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. When you do that, I mean, why are you doing that? Even if it's true, don't say it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and that's just the beginning of being aware of the programming that you're doing to yourself with other people. Wow. <laughs> How's that work? That's, that's amazing. Well, I, I mean, this was amazing. It always is. I, I always enjoy talking to you. Um, can you show everybody the CD that they... And, and, uh, oh, well, I've just taken a bunch of things. I've got one now I'm going to do on gunsmithing. And the brain drivers are uh, courses uh, to $400 each. Or three of them. That's twelve hundred dollars back in nineteen uh, twenty. What year was that that I took those? Oh, nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. I did those courses from Scientology. They themselves are not where I want to go because how do you relate the science of religion? Yeah. And, you know, it's like relating emotions and science. You, you, the, the two are there. To give you the choices, you don't put them together. You 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 in the cavitation process of it spinning themselves in all the different possibilities that you can do. And so Scientology for me is a troll, just like L. Ron Hubbard was to Jack Parsons. Yeah, it's only third degree where I'm way up there. <laughs> oh, by the way, you know that logo that you see me wearing? Have I told you about that before? No. Yeah, well, first and foremost, it was one that the logo that the Navy used, the eye in the triangle. And God we trust all as we monitor. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, exactly. But this, this is a little different. And, um, well, I'll do it this way. This was my great-grandfather's when he was uh, Rudolf Steiner's watchmaster in Zurich. That's male and female that culminate towards judgment. And on the back are some other symbols. But I'll get in that another day. Another story, children. <laughs> uh, I'm a legacy with Waldorf out of Zurich. I mentor bright kids from Zurich. 
And when I say that, I had a 12-year-old doing his doctorate at Cornell in organic chemistry. Wow. Well, yeah. And what did I mentor that kid with? I wrote a comic book with him. <laughs> Kid's a kid. Just because he's bright doesn't mean he's wants to be an adult. I don't want to be an adult. Why would I want to do that? I like being a kid. My humor and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I feel the same way. Um, well, can you tell everybody where to find your books? And thank you, Dr. Ram. This was awesome. It always is. Um, uh, can you tell everybody where to find your website and your books and everything? Uh, my current website is richardallenmiller.com. A-L-A-N for Allen. Richard Allen Miller. And um, there's I have now even an archive or a keepsake. I'm selling off my old artifacts. I sold the robe I wore when I was studying magic. It was from Samuel McGregor Mathers from Golden Dawn. I just sold the Rex Bear, uh, a tapestry from 1920s uh, a lodge in Africa that Moda gave to me. I have artifacts, books, uh, other kinds of things, ice skating. When I learned how to ice skate and play Hockey, <laughs> and I just, uh, just different things that I need to downsize. I went from a four-bedroom home down to a little shit shack here on the Rogue River with a bunch of criminals, and now what am I going to do? I've got two storage units that are costing me more than my four-bedroom home did, and I, you know, need to get rid of my artifacts. Well, I'm 79, and while everything has, I have a tapestry from the Forbidden City that's 280 years old made from human hair. And it's exquisite. And what I did in my old house is I had early opium down. I just put it up over my bed, hanging there, and light behind it, you know. I, I, I just got a lot of stuff. And that's the difference between stuff and junk. Stuff is my things and junk is yours. Do you have it listed on the website? Yeah, that's under bookstore. Book there's a whole bunch of different kinds of things, including courses that I might be te teaching or have taught in the past. You can buy them and or uh, artifacts, one of a kind stuff. I just sold yesterday uh, a T-shirt I had made up called I am the walrus. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. That's so yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, well, I need to make money. I get out of this Peyton place. So I can go back and be a normal human being again. This living like this has been an eye opener for me. I'm okay here, except I've got respiratory because of the dust off a of Rogue River Highway, and uh, every once in a while I have to go out and scare someone off with a shotgun. Oh my God! <laughs> I hold it up in the air as a sawed-off shotgun. Oh, gosh. Well, I hope I, 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 I'm just kidding. I, it's, it's pretty bad, actually. They got Vagos and Hell's Angels. They've been at war for four generations. Who is it? Vagos and Hell's Angels. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm in the middle. No, I don't think so. But they don't like me because I'm intellectual and I still have my martial arts and I, I'm really malleable. I'm trying to get along, just get along with everybody. So they both trust me, and I'm trying to do some negotiations and this crap because it doesn't matter. Our differences are what is the richness in us, not the alienness of it, and what we can bring to the group as synergy. I agree. I agree. Well, this was awesome, Dr. Ram, and uh, we'll have to do it again. I'll, I'll get a hold of you, and we'll do another yeah. one. I'll, I'll send you a link when I post it. Yeah. And you're going to come over here and show me how to do it for myself so I can start putting out, well, Johnny, it works like this. And I did one on fullerenes. It's a second part, and I was using a doodle where I, while I'm talking, a cartoon is writing it out, acting it out. Oh, that's cool. That's I'll, show, I'll show you what I did. I'll send you that upload. It's a big one, so I might have to send it to you as a link. But I have part two to it, and that's just on full range. And what I'd like to do is more of those that really get 
deep into the topic so that you have more than just me opening a door for you. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that would be cool. I wish I lived closer to you. I'm going to stop recording. All right, guys. Until UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input, go ahead now, get mystical, mystery and magical, UFOs not typical, Bigfoot not typical, you ask me why I'm skeptical, I say questions are questionable, is the truth alien to you, alien to get my message through, aliens might message you, aliens are sliding through, the wild signal applied to two, algorithms they find is true, typical, skeptical, shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn. Horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street. I'm typically skeptic of what I see. Voodoo, Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing. Is it real? I was wondering. Typical. Skeptic. Show. Typical. Skeptic. Show.